1: the weekly dish i'm stephanie hansen hey i'm stephanie march welcome back yeah, hansen. i know
0: it's been how long has it
1: been i don't even know two weeks I has think. it
0: just been two weeks yeah i know it's kind of been a weird summer i'm sorry that everything has fallen on you no, actually it's
1: totally been fine
0: um and i'm coming up on what we call hansen family weekend and then art and yeah Bay you're Front gone Park for the next two weeks. yes and, and then, then we go stay
1: fair and then you come back and we have stay fair so
0: That's good. Yeah, and we are going to be at the State Fair this year, folks, live. We'll be out the first Saturday for a two-hour show from 9 to 11. The second Saturday, our friends, the Shop Girls, will take the mantle um, from 9 to 11. So, yeah, come out and visit us. I'm sure we'll be talking about all the things Stephanie ate. That's like, by that Saturday, your heartburn has kind of settled, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Sort of. But then the tired <coughs> sets in, and I'm going to the Dixie Chicks Friday night. Oh, are you? Yeah, at Yeah, the fair. no, I'm
1: there all day Thursday, all day Friday, and then all day Saturday, and then I think I might take Sunday off. A day of rest! And then I have to go back on Monday, so, because I have some other things to do, which is great, because I think I'm on Minnesota Live in the morning. Oh, fun! So, I think it's fun, and I think we're going to have a good time. So, it's I'm excited for the fair this year. We have... The magazine has some cool initiatives coming, and I'll talk about those in a couple weeks. Oh! Can't talk about them yet. Teaser, teaser, teaser. Teaser, teaser. But we have some things coming that might be really fun to sign up for. And oh. we'll just see. We'll just tease it out like that. Signing up for things. Yeah, Speaking signing of up things, for things. Speaking of things. Something <laughs> happened while I was gone. We did. We teased it out a little bit last week. All right. I can't believe that they announced it while you were gone. Well... It
0: was a little awkward because you we were trying to the- find a date and a, and then it was like, oh, we better announce this. It's only it's happening in three weeks. Anyway, um, so our friend Jason Matheson had a nice article that Neil Justin wrote about him in Friday's paper, uh, calling him the king of media, which was pretty funny. We were calling him the king at the show, um, but he has helped me get my own show called Taste Buds. And it's Taste Buds with Stephanie. And it is a 15-minute snackable episodes, is what they're calling it.
1: Because I don't know if you Wait, know. 15 but... minutes. Like, 15 minutes. Uh, that's the show. is 15 minutes? Are you saying 15-minute yes. segments? There's 15 minutes. And, and that's the show?
0: Correct. Okay. And it's designed so that, like, if there's a half-hour slot, they can run two. Okay. And so that's how it's all being put together. It is um, directly... I mean, I started doing TV fill-in during the pandemic, really, cooking a lot with Jason's show. I guess I'd started a little bit before that. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: you were before that. It's been a couple years. And Mm -hmm. he
0: and his producer were like, yeah, we should think of something that we should do more of. And it's taken, uh, the producer of Jason's show, Jeff, told me, TV takes forever. Yeah, And he's not wrong. He's not right. Because we've been working on it for literally shooting things for about 10 months. Yeah um but yeah it's totally happening now there's a logo and everything so let's
1: talk about where can you people where are people going to be accessing it and how can they get to it yeah give me that actual information
0: there is a new thing happening that is a fox 9 local app that you'll be able to get on your tv okay okay so, that's one way. Okay. Then, it'll also be on Fox's YouTube, it'll be on their Facebook, it'll also run in Jason's show, probably cut up just a little bit different. Sure. Um. So, I'll still be doing live segments with Jason, but then they'll pepper these throughout too. Okay. And, you know, streaming is the way a lot of people are watching television. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe not like me, because I'm still trying to figure out how to work my TV, but... That's where you'll be able to find it. And it'll be a couple times a month to start. The first episode drops on August 17th. So I guess the best way to find out about when shows are airing are to follow me at Dish.com on Instagram. Yep. Or you can sign up for my newsletter, too. It's free. And you would find me at com or Substack, And I'll announce episodes there, too. Okay. So, yeah. And, you know, the app is new to download it so they're still kind of working through some of that but with the writer strike and strike and everything i think a lot of folks are going to be going more direct to get their tv on as it were versus you know it being served up and someday maybe it'll be on um is it be, there's I, all these free apps there's all these and, apps when you get
1: your streaming box thing and there's like you know i don't know but i do know that you know i mean and i'm wondering about like as there's this, you know, the writer's strike and like all this stuff, it's going to affect the way we do watch TV. Yes. For the next, uh, you know, uh, the next couple of years, it will be truly affected. I just am interested to see if you going through this creative route is a better way. You know what I mean? I and have like no what the idea. effect is. It's yeah. kind of crazy that you're doing this on the front end of it. And the impact could be something that we don't even know yet. Yeah, That's interesting. I'm uh, fascinated yeah, I think from so. a media perspective.
0: And I think Fox as a business is like looking forward to having more localized content. Yeah. And, you know, Jason's show has expanded. It's going into Orlando in the fall. It's in Seattle. It's in Chicago. It's here. It's in northern Minnesota. So I think they're hoping to roll him out kind of more nationally, which is great. But for like some of the Minnesota type stuff that I do that has been sort of more challenging as I've really leaned more into the cooking piece of it. Yeah. So I think with Taste Buds, we'll be able to get back to some of those roots a little bit and to explore some of the Minnesota stories too. Yeah. I was doing my list of guests and <clears throat> someone in this room might be a guest coming up. <laughs> it would be a little bit weird if I wasn't. Let's just be very, very clear about very. that. And we were weird. brainstorming episodes and I think we're going to do a Friendsgiving episode, which will be fun. Yeah. So some of the folks that... You know, I haven't really been able to, like, have on the TV side more on the radio side. It'll just be fun to get back to some of that. And also, like, do you're in the restaurant scene more than I am, but I'll run into someone and, like, I haven't seen you for, like, pre-pandemic, which is now going on three years. How have you not seen
1: people since pre-pandemic? Well, like,
0: just people like Erica Strait from Foxy Falafel would be an example. Like, all of a sudden, then I saw her, but I hadn't seen her. And well, you that's, just, time I mean, has gone by.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does, <laughs> even when there's not a pandemic, dude. Guess what? It still time marches on. By.
0: Yeah. So All right. We had a great dinner at Red Rabbit this week, speak of. Yep. Um, we always do a charitable event for Ronald McDonald House. And Red Rabbit really pulled out all the stops. It was like six courses. It yeah, was it was a, really great. Wood-grilled oyster. And one of the things that struck me about that dinner was, A, the food is always really good there. But B, the wines. They really paired some great wines.
1: Yeah, I liked it. It was really, it was nice and snackable. And, you know, I mean, like, it wasn't like a huge portion for each tasting. They did tasting menu, but they didn't do too little. They didn't do too much. It's kind of that perfect. They kind of hit the right note.
0: When it was, um, when I was going home, I was like, wow, that I haven't had a seven course
1: meal in a while. For me, I was a little (laughs) bit like, wow, we just sat for three hours. I haven't. Like I just don't. And I ate it all. Did you? No, I didn't because I. I. You're a professional eater.
0: I'm still like clean plate club. (laughs) But no matter how much you put in
1: front of me, it's crazy though. Like the difference of like we. I used to just like sitting for three hours and then consuming and having all this stuff and it's just like I just don't do that as like I used to do and so it's really it sort of like hits you and you're like whoa. And I just, I had to like walk. I was like, I'm ready to go. I need to walk around. I need to get up and go. <laughs> you did just sort of announce like, I gotta go. I gotta go. Well, I had to write that night too. So I was still doing stuff. But nonetheless, it was lovely of them. It was for the Bids for Kids winners, our friends, you know, Carrie and Tracy. And so it's kind of fun. Yeah, They're thank super you sweet. to them. But before
0: we break, yeah, I want everyone to know you have an amazing issue on newsstands right now. I don't know if you've talked about it, but the Asian... Food issue? Yeah. I don't think we actually have talked about it. OMG. Like, I've yeah. just paged through. I haven't. I've brought it with me to taking
1: it to the lake tonight. Oh, good. Yeah. No, It it's, looks so good. It's a labor of love, that one. And it was um, the issue. It's like the, the package itself. It's so is beautiful. Great. And Kelsey uh, had my designer. Our art director is fantastic. And she's the one who came up with the look on the cover, which is totally unique. We've never done anything like that. And she's and I think it's because we literally like we just kind of decided that there was a way to kind of come at this package to be respectful. But, also you know, and to be um, not like being like a white person discovering Asian food. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just my story to tell. And so it was like we brought in a couple writers and, you know, we have different, you know, DARE profiles of great chefs and, and restaurateurs. And. It's just, it's not just a blurb fest. And that was sort of the thing that I didn't, I really didn't want it to be a blurb fest, which yeah, is just, just like, more stories. Here's to like it. a listing of 17 ramen dumplings. places and yeah. here's like 16 places to get fried rice. So I wanted to dig a little deeper and I think we did it. And I'm, I'm super proud of it.
0: Yeah. It's really lovely. I, when I like page through it, I was like, whoa, this is going to be some good
1: reading. There's also a, uh, essay about my mom in there. So <gasps> oh! just be ready for that because you're going to cry.
0: I totally will. All right. Well, on that note, uh, you won't be crying, but you will be laughing when we come back and I tell you about our German friends screaming, watch your uncle, when we come back on the Weekly Dish.
2: The YMCA keeps you fit and active, so you have the energy to squeeze the most out of these final, fleeting, fabulous days of summer. Like squeezing the last drop of mustard on that final grilled hot dog. Yeah, that's the stuff. Squeezing a lemon into that finalized lemonade. Oh, my eye! And squeezing back into your swimsuit that's, yup, still wet. Oh, my arm. Finish your summer strong. Join at YMCANorth.org. Why is this so
1: I love me some Olivia Rodrigo. I was just going to say, I love some, me some Olivia Rodrigo. She's got some
0: good, uh, should we just call them anti-man anthems? <laughs> 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 and that's fine. Every once in a while, you need an anti-man anthem just to get you through the day.
1: Just to get you through the day. Yeah. And
0: yeah. there's just certain times in your lives, too, where they really
1: <laughs> resonate. Uh, hi, Barbie. <laughs> hi, Barbie. Have you not seen the Barbie movie yet? No. And when I haven't seen go? Oppenheimer. Um, I don't care about Oppenheimer. I don't. What do we? What does that matter? No. Well, Barbie movie. I Barbie I kind care movie. about that too. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Of course, I want to see both. Yeah, I, mean, I want to see. I
0: loved one. Greta Gerwig getting like her. Do- I think she's an amazing director. Uh huh. That movie, Lady Bird, blew my mind.
1: Yeah, I love that
0: movie. Like, I realized that I was that mother, and I like begged my daughter to go, Ellie, to go see the movie, and she was like, ah. Nah, nah. And finally, she went and saw the movie, and she was like, "Okay, just to give you a little props, you weren't that bad, but you were close." close. I was like, "Ah!" Uh, When she dropped her kid off at the airport and then just drove around sobbing, yeah, because all the things you can't say, all the mistakes you made, all the ways you wish you could have done it different, like. Oh, I could just cry. The Barbie about movie. It. Yeah. Barbie <laughs> movie. Sorry. I'm feeling all of my feels. Yeah. Um yeah, I just the outfits and the way they rolled out that red carpet was fun to watch. You just
1: gotta go see it. You okay. just gotta go see and it. And I was
0: a huge Barbier. I like I had were. a dream I re-
1: house. I remember we talked about it before. A Corvette. Yeah. No, I, that's what I'm saying. I think you'll appreciate a lot of the winks, a lot of the nods, and there's a lot of layers. Alright, I'm gonna go do it. It's and but it's still just fun. It's not like it's like you know, anyway. Let's hear about Italy and Czech Republic. Okay, so uh,
0: first of all, I just want to tell you, Stephanie March, that the Prague, wow. Yeah. The, like, best place I've been. Top five cities.
1: So, and just for, I'm just going to step in to say that I, before you left, I told you, which is really funny after we've been together on the air for 15 some years, That I first dropped the bomb and you're like, oh, yeah, I used to live there. And then I got kicked out of Prague. Like I used to live in Prague. Like I I ended my whole little life here. I like sold my car, moved out of my apartment, sold all my stuff, quit my job. And I moved to Prague. And then I kind of came back. So I gave you some tips of some neighborhoods to go to and some things to see because it's a gorgeous city.
0: Just the walkability, the incredible architecture. The cleanliness, the things to see, like the Jewish um, uh, cemetery and just the amount of persecution that Jewish people have all over the world, obviously, but also specifically here, like the the amount of cleansing that has been occurring there. Kafka is Prague. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like, like, and Yeah. I mean, there's so much good, dark mysticism in that city. It's, it's, it's simply beautiful and the
0: buildings reflect it yeah and the different times and so it didn't get bombed no and you can just walk forever and just i think the architecture the way the city's laid
1: out it's on a river
0: the food was okay yeah it's it wasn't a food city necessarily a lot of cabbage though remember I said i think you were
1: gonna find your cabbage people
0: the cabbage also like uh goulash is a big thing yep and what I liked about that is there's all different kinds of goulashes, like some are thin, some are thick. They always serve them with a dumpling, and the different types of dumplings yeah, was so interesting many. to me. Some were like big and round and bready. Others were small. Mine had like a potato pancake. Yeah. Um, so we just really had, that was a great part of the trip. And the weather was 75. God. Like it was incredible walking weather. And then we got on a plane and went to Naples, and we waited five hours for a ferry to come. And I was having to go to my emotional happy place <laughs> at the ferry station because it was outside oh in God. the sun. I felt like I was melting. And then we got on the boat, and it was um, windy, which it's not usually that windy in Europe. So there were, we had to redo our whole itinerary because they're like you, there's 40 mile an hour winds coming okay, and to you this can't, place. Because
1: the whole plan is to rent a sailboat and sail. Yeah, and you're going to so you sail. you can't do that if it's windy. Gotcha. And with sailing, you'd think like, oh, wind is good. Wind is great. It feels like wind <laughs> is what you want. Wind is good if
0: it's about up to 15 knots. Okay. When you have gusts up to 40 knots, that's not great. It's not dangerous. That's so so okay. great. So we ended up really kind of doing Amalfi, which we'd not done before. So we ended up in Sorrento. We ended up in Ravello. We, uh, in the middle of the night in Sorrento, uh, it was super windy and Kurt was sleeping up top cause 95 degrees at night, 95 degrees Ugh, in
1: the day. Gross. The only difference was the sunset. Can I just have a f- high five for myself for the fact that I'm going to the same place in September? Yes. <laughs> yes. Not in August. Oh, and you're going to be
0: going to all these towns. Yes, so I, I can tell you. I know. So in the middle of the night, it's three 30 and I hear this, watcha Anka. <laughs> it's this guy in this big, huge boat, and we're apparently floating because we've lost our anchor. Because you've lost your anchor. So Kurt's like, Steph, get on the anchor. Well, it's the middle of the night. Right. He's naked. I'm naked because it's so hot. <laughs> so I'm up on the anchor pulling it up. We have to like circle around, figure out where to repark. Yeah. All of this happening in the dark during a windstorm. An hour and a half later, we were all situated. Get back to bed. It's about 4 in the morning. And then about a half hour later, he goes, Steph, Steph. And he calls me again and I get up and there's a very large yacht that's lost their anchor that is like spinning around and swirling around. And so we're like trying to figure out, do we need to move again because it's going to hit us? It didn't. Wow. But they have like nine crew members and they're all shouting at each other in whatever (laughs) language they're shouting at each other. So that night was not super restful. No, not such vacation-y. No. And then the next two nights, they had us in a marina at um, Amalfi, which was great. Except the marina is a floating dock. So we're tied up to 45 other boats of various sizes, like big ships in there, too. And we're a 38-foot sailboat that's swinging just back and forth and back and forth. I had to crawl through a 75-foot yacht, to get off of my boat because I couldn't get close enough to the dock because it was it was so just banging. Oh my god, dude! It was crazy. Did you get
1: were you getting like motion sick at all? No. Okay. I don't know why. Okay.
0: You would think I would. Yeah, I, I can get carsick in a Chevy I Blazer can. going down thirty five W. I don't know why, but Amalfi was great. We rented a scooter, and we the best day we had. We rented a scooter, and Kurt rides a motorcycle, so I feel a little more confident with him on a scooter, but. Basically, in Italy, it's two lanes, one going south, one going north, and the scooters are in the middle, weaving in and out of traffic. During the time I was there, I saw a bus accident, two car accidents, and a scooter accident where two scooters just literally went, boom, and fell into the ground. I was like, ah! So we went through the scooter. We went to the town of Rovello, which was my favorite. Yeah. And right when we get into the town, we walk into this pottery place, and this guy's like, oh, you wanna go visit my wife's store? She's got linens and I wanted a tablecloth. So we get the tablecloth. We go back to the pottery store. He goes, do you he goes, do you guys wanna Kurt's looking at a coffee cup? Do you wanna take a swim? Oh, is it time already? Yeah, it is I know. time. Okay. Um, do you wanna you can finish the story. I do wanna tell you the rest of the story because okay. it comes up back to food. Okay, we'll we'll be right back. Welcome back to the weekly dish. If you left us at the watcher Anka part of the story, we still have we're in the middle of a story. OK, so we're scooting around and we end up in Ravello and we've bought a tablecloth and now we're at the Pottery Place. And Kurt likes this coffee cup that has anchovies on it. And Pasquale he starts telling me about his factory and how he employs 80 people. And he has these artists that come up with these intricate designs. And I'm not thinking I'm going to buy pottery in Ravello, but he's making it real hard not I to. Oh my
1: God. And you have to then ship it? Because you can't take it with you.
0: Free shipping oh. if you get to $200. Oh, so what do you Pascale know about that? Is like working it, and I'm just falling into the absolute trap. And it is beautiful pottery. So I end up with a bowl, a platter, uh, some tongs, some coffee cups, blah, blah, blah. So he's getting us all checked out. And he goes, hey, do you guys uh, want to go to my place and have a swim? And because we had told him we were kind of stuck in Rivella, and he goes, yeah, I was like, I don't have my bathing suit on. He goes, well, just go to my house. Just go. You could just go to my house and just he goes, you could at least have lunch. And I go, well, we're going to go to your house and have lunch. He goes, well, it's kind of a hotel, like a (laughs) boutique hotel. I'm like, "Okay, sure. So he gives us the card. It's the next town over. So we're on the scooter. We're like, sure, let's go to. We house and go have lunch. Yeah. Turns out. It's like a five star hotel that is a small boutique hotel that people like Pierce Brosnan and George Clooney, those kind of people stay at. Oh my god. It's like got like five rooms that are all decked out in all this beautiful tile work and pottery and all made from his factory of 80 people that he employs in this little town. Yeah. That he was so proud. The lunch was like I can't even describe it. Like Four, the first thing was four scallops, and the scallops had the foot on them, mm. which is something you rarely see unless they're super fresh. Yeah, on a like smoky gazpacho. Oh, and then the next course was just cheese and sausages, and then the next course was this like glass bowl that the f- seafood had been steamed in there, like a bouillabaisse, and the guys tweezering out into a bowl and then pouring this broth that's basically just a little tomatoes and the fish liquor itself. Yeah. And then there's the bread course. And then, I mean, and the wine, Pasquale's wine from his
1: winery. Yeah, his vineyard out back,
0: I'm sure. Yes. Yes, Stephanie. And the hotel
1: and the... What was that hotel called? Do you remember?
0: Pasquale's Palazzo. Pasquale's Palazzo. (laughs) If anyone's going to Ravello, just hit oh me up God. and I'll hook you up with Pasquale. Oh God. I, I'm really excited about the pottery. It'll come this week. But yeah, it ended up, Kurt was like, well, that wasn't the cheapest day. He <laughs> said, but uh, we'll get the pottery and we'll really remember.
1: A Palazzo Avino? No. Palazzo no. Pas- Pascal? Yes. Oh, it's
0: Pasquale. Okay. Oh, my Pascuale. God. Pasquale. So that was a fun story. The food was great. Um, We had a lot of pizza in Naples, obviously, home of the pizza. Um, We had a lot of lobster pasta. What's funny about Italy is like, when you're in Naples, they don't have carbonara. Cause that's
1: Roman pasta. I was gonna say it's Roman. Yeah, like I just did you not do you not understand regionality of the way that it all? I just think like, like you're like not gonna Italy, find pesto like in Sicily, thing. correct? You're
0: gonna—that's a northern dish. Yeah, and you would find that this, in uh, in um, on the islands. You would find pesto because obviously they grow lots of basil. Just I like when we got to Naples, I was like, oh, I could just go for some carbonara, but no, no there is no carbonara. No, it's
1: not it. So that's like almost saying no, think about it. Like when people come 100%, here I know they're what like, they're say. like in Minnesota and they're like, where's this like smoky barbecue, Correct. the brisket. I've heard about this American barbecue and we're like, um, no, I realize it's ridiculous, but I
0: still was like, huh? I ended up trying to find the best pizza in Naples that we went to that. Michelle, you knew about the pizza place that apparently was an eat, pray love. The cab driver dropped us well, off. It's also
1: the oldest. I mean, it's been around since like Yeah, You could tell. Yeah,
0: And there were 250
1: people waiting in line. Yeah. I was so like, I'm not doing that. It's doubly. You know what I mean? Like it's there because it's definitely people revered because it's been around forever. But it's also, but you can go to that pizza. The the people who make that pizza have places in New York and, and Hollywood. Well, good. Because yeah. we did not eat there. Because you did not eat there. We went down the next road and they had fried
0: pizza. Yes, which Montanara. Is, yeah. Where it was like the toppings are inside. Of a, almost like a quesadilla, but it's fried and it's bread. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite, but I thought what we had was super well executed. Like it was crispy top and bottom. I just didn't like the way that the fillings kind of just swim around in the middle. Yeah. And also Nepoli- Neapolitan pizza or Napolitan pizza. N- Napolitano. Napolitano. pizza. <laughs> Sometimes can get soggy in the middle. Like, you pick up your slice, and it just is I'm there for that. That That's not my jam.
1: I'm there for that. That just means it's, like, got all the olive oil and the yumminess to it. I am ready for that and you'll find too like there's a big difference in
0: crust so some people want this big puffy outer crust that looks almost like a bread bowl yeah with the toppings in the middle Mm -hmm. other people are like no that's not that's not pizza from napoli like it has to have a snap on the crust and it has to be chewier but it has to hold up when you lift it up so we got like depending on where we went because we had pizza every day of course Y- you know, we got little schooled about different types of pizza. Well so.
1: good. Yeah, it was a great trip. Okay. Um <clears throat> well, here's the deal, right? You want to talk a little bit about service fees and uh, stuff and such I rolling do and in. I don't. I know. Well here's the thing is like you and I have talked about it for I don't even I mean like Adnausea. I feel like we do a show every month about service fees. And now all of a sudden because Axios wrote a you know a thing about it, people are back on chatting about it. There so. were
0: a few nuggets in the article that I thought was interesting and generally the tenor of the article was that service fees are all over the board and some people are abandoning service fees that typically range from 15 to 22 percent.
1: Um, there's a lot of holes in that article there are things that were and it's barely an article it's basically like a blurb, bullet point a bullet point list, and there's a problem because I feel like there was there was a few things definitely missing from the explanations and sort of like the argument. It talked about
0: the difference between um, how to handle the tip line. Well, they gave their opinion. They gave one person's opinion. Yes. How to do that. Do you tip on takeout? Um, I'll link the article. One of the things that I do want to talk about in there was there was a letter that was issued to butcher and boar customers that was sent to anyone that had eaten there since it opened.
1: And who had given feedback.
0: Correct. And... I thought it was fascinating the mea culpa in the letter itself. So the front of the house manager of Jester compact concepts, Jesse Zager was the one who was penning the letter, but basically they talked about how in, since opening butcher and Boar, they've made a lot of changes. They're working towards having a better service model. They've eliminated the service fee, which actually was 22%. And I thought for, Restaurants I've been to, I thought they really did explain it extremely well. They had a card on every table. You could ask your server about it. I felt like it was super transparent. But the long and short of it was, was the guests just hated it.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think the people don't. I think when you're paying those high prices and then you have a 22% service charge on top of it. Because like the actual price of the food is pretty high already. Like 30 bucks for, you know, small entrees. And then not that I'm referring, I don't know which ones I'm not trying to, yeah. look, but then you have, and then you have a 22% charge and then there's a tip line. That's the problem. There's the problem. Yep. It's the fact that then, and then the wording is so confusing to everybody because it says this is not a gratuity. So then you're like, but are we doing gratuity? There's no point. And that, and again, I've, I know that I've said this dishes are like, yeah, you've said this before. It is the government that makes them put that on their you have to put that the statue is not a gratuity. Yeah. If you're going to have a super service charge, you have to make clear. And that is a, a part. But the problem is we as a dining public don't understand what that means then. Especially if then you say there's not a gratuity. It's not a gratuity. And then there's a tip line.
0: And I told you a new local restaurant I went to, the lady just flat out said, yeah, there's this service charge and it goes to the back of the house, but we don't participate in that. And so then, you need to still tip.
1: Right. And so here's what's missing on all of this in, in this little blurb fest. Um, I think is so funny that we just like it, it, nobody says like and they're all like well and then you know we don't know where it goes and these servers are not getting it but then again we're at that place where then no the server isn't saying like the server who said to you I, I don't get any of it but then the question is are you getting paid a higher wage like how much do you make per hour and there are people out there making 25 bucks an hour and that's a different that's a different discussion then
0: I actually did ask her that and she was at the minimum wage
1: she was at ten dollars an hour.
0: Uh, was fifteen.
1: Fifteen. Okay.
0: Fifteen, and she said, then, "I don't great. know if I can stay at this restaurant right. because of that."
1: Then I, I agree. Then you shouldn't. There's, there's many other places you could go that would be better tuned, and that is a strange one to tip to have the gratuity only or the service charge only go to the back of house, it's and interesting. not like go to the front of house. It's like,
0: interesting too in the execution because like some of these smaller restaurants, like Jorge Guzman, and they've had a good experience with this service fee and it feels like it works for their team. And then some of the more larger chains that have more establishments, it's really been hard for them. I guess
1: the thing that really has been doing it for years, years successfully. They have, they haven't had tipping for years. For me, what I thought resonated
0: about this particular letter to the diners was them saying, we've retrained our staff. We are relooking at our entrees. We are really trying to, uh turn this ship around i've never remembered in our time on the air together a restaurant being so publicly clear about that they've missed the mark and they're trying to fix it yeah no that was really interesting to me and welcome i want to
1: actually eat there to support them and that's more than the service charge aspect that's the fact that they they opened with a certain chef and now they've they've replaced him and oh ian gray's not there anymore i I did not know Yeah, he's not there and they had, they did, they had a bunch of layoffs and they had a bad review in the Star Tribune yep. and, and it wasn't a bad review. It wasn't like a scathing thing. It just was not a great review.
0: I thought it was pretty bad.
1: Well, and it didn't, it pointed out some of the flaws, you know, um, we, I will just say chose not to review them because we couldn't find um, that they were in there. We couldn't find that, that it was a place that we could like throw out there. Find the light. And I didn't want to put, you know spend my pages on it yeah, because I didn't think they were ready. Like, and so that's, sometimes we do that. We just wait to see if there's like, Oh, yep. what are you going to become? Doesn't, you know, again, it doesn't like do me any good to like write a whole bunch of stuff or something that's going to change. So that's what we were thinking. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to give them another chance this yeah, fall. When I, get do, back. I like, And like sitting in the char bar, the cute little back bar and having like a burger. And, and I love the cocktail stuff. Like I had great chats with the cocktail. And stuff. I
0: think the restaurant's beautiful. I like where it's positioned in the city. I feel like it could be a uh, opportunity for them to get a new, fresh face.
1: Well, and I will just add on one last thing is that, uh, you know, Allie Kaplan's team did a great, uh, in TCB, in Twin Cities Business Magazine, they did a great article, Adam Platt did, about um, whether or not, you know, can the city support two butchering the boars? Like, because there is another one, yes. you know what I mean? And so there's sort of on that... On Hennepin Avenue. Yeah, and so there's that moment of like, is that... Is that a thing that we that the city can handle? I don't know.
0: And does the city want it? Like that was so confusing, too.
1: So anyway, the service
0: fee thing, I I this I feel like you feel, Stephanie, like I want to talk about it because I know it's something that people are struggling with. I also understand that everybody can make their own choices based on their business and how they want their business model to be. But it is hard as the diner. Yeah. Like you just don't know what to do. And when you're sitting there with your server, that that's the person you've had the most point of contact with. And they're like, yes, there's a service fee, but no, it's not a tip. You're just like, too much. I don't, I like I can't European pay 40%. Model. I just want to, yeah, just, in I just Europe,
1: the European Like model.
0: ten. it was about 10%. And if, that we really got great service. It was 15 and it was fine. It was like, bye. Okay, great. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to weigh in on this yeah. or anything else or talk about onkers, uh you can call <laughs> us at 651-641-1071. We'll have the Ask Stephanie portion of the show when we come back on The Weekly Dish.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no charge. Visit betterhelp.com/weeklydish today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, hel Weekly weeklydish Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by
1: the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: 651-641-1071 if you want to call and weigh in on... Food, service fees, if you have a ton of zucchini popping up in your garden, I haven't given you a garden roundup because I'm just going up there today and it's been three weeks of super hot weather without anything, but there are some beans and snap peas coming. Someone actually made a comment about my True North Cabin cookbook that I thought was really nice. They said, you know, I didn't really think about this at the time because it was a cabin cookbook, but she said, your cookbook is so seasonal because it's by month and as a gardener like this is when your tomatoes come in this is when your zucchini comes in so lots of zucchini and cucumber recipes for this time of year i do have a lot of tomatoes coming but i don't know about the cabbages some things look a little rough up there we're gonna have to just see
1: yeah i don't know i feel like i don't care anymore I feel ah! like I don't care. About it, me or no, gardening in no, general? No, my, like, the basil plant is, like, unruly, and I'm like, whatever. It's kind of that time It's of August. Year. It yeah. just happens, and, like, my lemon thyme is, like, I mean, seriously, it looks like a chia pet. It yep. is crazy going nuts, and I'm like, yeah. Are you going to harvest it, though? Yeah, uh, I will, but I mean, I'm just, I don't, Yeah. Uh. I don't care. I hear you And I feel, on like, that. I feel like I'm the worst mom ever because, like, I'm like, you know, I feel like oh, I just took so care of these sweet babies and, and I was nurturing them. And now I'm like, you can starve. I kind of, I kind of really can get starve. That.
0: The, also the weeds right now, like, cause yeah, I've been gone at know. my house. I, I'm just like, oh, yeah, more weeds. I just can't deal with it. I, it's
1: too hot. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's too hot. And that's so. Yeah, like, I'm not going to spend an hour out here
0: weeding you. I am. And the rabbits. Uh, I don't mind Stanley's the rabbits. been gone a lot this summer. So, so you've got the rabs. There's new rabbit families. And I'm just like, oh, fine. Uh-huh. Eat it. I don't care. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> and well- my, I had like zucchini. I think I have really weird zucchini. There is a cool recipe that I'm going to do that I saw on TikTok. So keep your eyes peeled it's shredded zucchini with okay. shredded red onions yeah some kind of flour nutritional yeast and then they like make this sort of mélange and then they press it into like a sheet pan like, a, and fried, then bake fr- like it. a fritter oh a baked fritter yeah but it's it's like it ends up like a cracker kind of oh not crisp as it were but crisp like crunchy hmm huh. So that looks like real a good. Fritter,
1: but like a but, fritter, but it's flat, so it's, it's more like baked. a cracker. Okay. But, yeah, right. one egg, some flour. This feels like the exact same stuff you do for fritters, but instead of frying it, you're pressing it flat, bake it, do you have to flip it? No. Hmm. And then cut what the it, underside like, looks in like, squares. I wonder what the underside looks like. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Because so that I'll makes me you. feel like... Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, it's just something I might try. Um, I did cool. see somebody... <clears throat> I. There's, I've been thinking about trying to make some milk bread, which is Japanese milk bread, you know, and there's a zucchini milk (laughs) bread. Of course you are. I know. There's a zucchini milk bread recipe. And I was like, oh, that sounds perfect. I know. I might do that. I don't have the zucchini. I mean, I don't have like, no one's bringing, everyone's like, oh, in Minnesota, everyone leaves zucchini on your doorstep. And I'm like... I don't no one breathe. Careful zucchini. what you wish for. I know, like, I know. Kelly O'Reilly is gonna oh, show up I with know. sixteen zucchini and twenty eight peppers. I know. But it's um but there is literally uh I, I know, and I kind of feel like I should be having zucchini recipe moments right now. Yeah. I should be thinking about that. And I just haven't really gotten into the headspace of it. I get it. Uh, we have Gail on the line. Hi, Gail. Hey, How are you doing? Welcome to the
0: program. What can we help you with?
2: listen to you guys every Saturday. Aww. Every Saturday, Stephanie, and I listen to your daughter Ellie. Oh My great. Daughter, her name is Ellie too, so Oh, very sweet. <laughs> but anyway, um I have a problem with Chipotle. Oh, okay. Let's so hear it. I, the, okay. The one in Minnetonka
0: on Highway one oh one and seven. Okay. God. They hate you. <laughs> they hate you. <laughs> They're so mean. And I just like I go to the one in Wayzata, which is you know fifteen minutes away. Yeah, I'd rather go to someone that like hi, hello, and uh, this is like a family owner. And I'm not going to say it's a cultural thing. I'm not going to say it. Okay, they don't like us. Don't okay, like I'm pretty sure it's not cultural, well, I, but I oh, would like. Yeah, it is. Okay, go to Tomo Moho Grill instead. Yeah.
1: That's you're a wonderful get place.
0: A family experience. They're delicious. You're going to get the same similar types of foods. It's Chicken, not, You're not yeah. going to get your exact burrito, but it's Sauces. like beautiful sort of. Have you of, ever walked into a restaurant where you feel like you're being? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're sorry for being there. Yes, That's, I have,
2: and gonna, I just want you to stop you doing it. Wait. Just go somewhere
0: else. Well, I know when they go to the other one, and everyone's like happy, but you go to this one. I refuse to go there anymore. All and right. I, well, that's
1: good learning. Thank you. Good
0: learning. Sorry. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Good learning. But, you know, if you have a bad experience, move along. Give them one more chance, and then move along. Yeah. All right, Robert, uh, you are live on the air. Hi, Robert. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you both? Great. What can we help you with today? Well, I'll do my usual chocolate, chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate. On
1: Give me the chocolate.
0: <laughs> I love you, Robert. Um, I love you, too. I'm traveling to Washington, D.C. on a trip by myself um, on oh. Labor Day weekend. Okay. Now, I know it's a the coastal kind of area, and I know it's a big seafood town, but I'm not into it. I was just wondering, do you have any restaurant or restaurant, bakery recommendations, um, you know, just off the top of your head, or I could look on the website later, um, anything you guys like?
1: Um. Okay, so I'm going to tell you that Jose Andres has restaurants in DC and one of the really really great ones is called um I don't know if I'm gonna say it right but like it's Zaitinia, I think and it's it's Mediterranean and it's kind of this like buzzy little place or it's you know it's kind of it's just very very cool. Um they have more than seafood, you know they've got lots of different things on there and they have I think they have pretty great breads there too. Um small plates and regional wines. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. Sounds good to I me. I want you to do that
1: one. Um, and then another. I mean, then, you know, like, oh, what was the other one that I was going to talk to? There was one other that I was thinking about. Well, have you ever like, do you ever do like the old classics in D.C.? Like the old Ebbets Grill? Well, that was the number one thing that I got
0: recommendations on that. But all I saw was like caviar, oyster bar all this other kind of stuff and that is of true true.
1: that is a, it's known for its oysters so maybe skip that one but I mean it, just even to go have a drink there is kind of a cool thing you know what I that's mean that's the number
0: one restaurant people told me about so
2: maybe I'll stick to that yeah there. just go yeah.
1: have a drink cool. and then and then go to uh, Zetina
2: okay alright all right, thank right, you very Robert, much
1: good we'll luck, be back friend. on the second hour hang on